It's Saturday, December 13, and you're listening to The Secrets. Welcome to this podcast of The Secrets, the podcast for anyone who is serious about writing. The Secrets home can be found at www.stormwolf.com. For the next 15 minutes, we'll talk about writing and how to get you even closer to seeing your name on the spine of a book. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Secrets. I am your host, New York Times bestselling author, Michael A. Stackpole, and this podcast is the audio adjunct to my newsletter, which is also called The Secrets. It's a how-to-write newsletter, and you get issues every two weeks uh, dealing with uh, things about how to write, obviously, as well as marketing and moving ahead in this age of digital publishing, uh, or as I like to refer to it, a post paper. Um, the last show that I had come out dealt with a lot of the future of publishing, and I had a note after that uh, show from uh, someone named Jeff Robb, who says he's already written a book and wants to know if I would do a show about how to create an electronic book. I would love to do a show about how to create an electronic book, and you will get a lot of that information in what follows. But this show, in general, I, what I want to use it for is to outline the, the procedures you're going to need, in general, to move forward in this post-paper world. One of the things that we've seen, and if you listen to Dragon Page cover to cover, uh, you will hear this being discussed uh, throughout the month of December, is that the large publishers are looking at what they are going to be doing in the post-paper world and they're handling things very, very badly. They don't seem to realize that what they have to bring to the party is not necessarily a set of tools that we actually need. And it is my firm convention, contention excuse me, that authors will be able to market their work directly to consumers far better than publishers ever have before and that because of the the you know it used to be that you had to be published by a publisher because they owned the paradigm they had the economy of scale for you as an individual to print up a paperback book and keep it in the same price range as the big publishers you would end up with a garage full of books that you might never get out to the distributors. So only the big publishers could afford to have books and have them published. Now that is not true. Now because of electronic distribution, because of devices like the Kindle and the Sony e-reader, and there's a whole bunch of other devices that are coming down that are similar to that, and of course uh, my favorite, the iPod Touch slash iPhone, all of a sudden we don't, you know, that little box of paper that stories used to come in is already in people's hands. Now all we're doing is we're downloading content into it and we can do it much more efficiently and we can do it for less than the big publishers are. So this is a really important point and I just want you to realize that, yeah, you know, you're in the running. You can do this stuff now. Um, I would love to just go ahead and talk about 
only producing books. However, uh, there is a problem. If I don't talk about the marketing and I don't talk about what you do with it afterwards, what will end up happening is going to be what the publishers are going to find out is that you'll work on a project. You'll go, aha, this was, uh, I've, I've put my ebook out there. And you're going to sit back and you're going to wait for the money to roll in. And it won't. And you'll be disappointed and you'll decide that I'm an idiot. And you'll decide that publishing just isn't working. And you'll probably even buy into the large publishers and what they say about ebooks. And that would be an utter and complete shame. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about is this. If you want to make an ebook, the first thing you have to have is a good product. Now, Jeff says that he's already done his book, and that's great. And I'm assuming that it's ready to go. And Jeff, I don't know if you've submitted it to any publishers or not, or you're just going to forego that whole routine. But you have to make sure your product is the best possible product out there. It's not good enough to have your story be as good as someone else's story. It's got to be better than. And sure, we'll get to the commercial part of the program here, but this is what the Secrets newsletter is all about, making you the best writer that you can possibly be. If you go to my store at stormwolf.com, you will see back issues of the uh, newsletter available. There's a four and a half years worth that you can get your hands on, again, that cover everything from writing uh, on up through marketing and, and, again, dealing with this new digital age. As well in the store, you will see three very important documents that cost 20 bucks a piece, but are more than worth it. One is the rules of writing. This is just basic stuff that you never get taught in grammar school. You never get taught anywhere except in the trenches by learning, by being corrected by editors and advice from other authors. This is certainly where I learned the vast majority of this material. That book, like I say, is the rules of writing. It's 20 bucks. It will trim three years off your development as a writer. I absolutely swear. The second one is my book about serial fiction. And what this book does is not only lays out how to create a murder mystery and, and what you need in terms of, of setting that up and, and how to um, basically how to script it or how to outline it and plot it, but it also deals very heavily with the most important aspect of writing, and that is characterization. And what you have to do to have characters in a serial who continue to be interesting, who develop at a pace that will keep readers coming back again and again. Anyone who thinks that they're going to write one novel, score big, and get out and just spend the rest of their lives on a boat uh, smoking cigars has been apparently smoking something else. Uh, that just doesn't happen. And if you want a career in writing, you want compelling stories that are going to bring readers back again and again and again. And the book on serial fiction will tell you exactly how to do this. The last one, and I mentioned it last time, is 21 Days to a Novel. You've probably listened to the podcast earlier in this series about 21 Days to a Novel, a series of exercises that will set you up to begin a novel. These are development exercises. And whether you're going to write short stories or whether you're going to write novels, these exercises will set you up for success. You do these, you are not going to get trapped by a lot of the errors that beginning writers make. Why is that? Because you will have already done the thinking, you will have already laid things out, you will have characters that will write themselves, you will have dialogue that writes itself, you will have a plot, and you will be able to move through. And all three of these books, in addition to showing you 
what you want to be doing as you're moving forward are great as diagnostic tools. Once you finish that book, you can go back through and you can say, aha, here's the thing that isn't right. And you can go and correct and tweak and make your book the best it possibly can be. This stress on making your product the best is because we are looking at the long game. Sure, it's fine to sell one ebook for $5 or $6, but it's, if, if you want to continue doing this, you need to have readers coming back willing to spend $5 or $6 with you two or three times a year. And me, I plan on if I can get 3,000 people to just buy two bucks worth of stuff a month from me. I'm golden. Uh, you know, this will be absolutely great. So you set those goals, you get these books, you take a look at it. You know, we get the new year coming up, a lot of people make resolution. This is going to be the year that I write that novel. This is going to be the year that I start my publishing career. Well, these three books are an absolutely great start to that. Next thing I want to point out is this. Before you look at trying to make your fortune publishing these things, do some market research. This is another reason to go to my store. This is another reason to look around on the net and see what other writers and other creative individuals are doing. Because you might as well learn from their mistakes and you might as well learn to imitate their successes instead of spending a lot of time spinning your wheels and not figuring out what it is you want to do. Now, one of the things that I'm looking at with the secrets, with the podcast and with the newsletter going forward through the next year is putting together a program that will help you all get to the position where you have got good work going out there and you're bringing in some money. I'll go into details uh, on that in future shows, but let's say, let me just say here, this is a commitment that I'm making to myself and this is a commitment that I'm making to you guys. I know the digital revolution is here. I know that this is going to be the only way that we are going to succeed. And, you know, it, it is up to me, since nobody else is going to do it, it's up to me to make sure that everybody gets there so that this does work. It will benefit me. It will benefit all of you. And I, I know that you're going to follow along with me. And my success, our success will come together as we move into 2009 and into the future. I just want to point out, when I, when I rag on the uh, traditional publishers, I just want to point out the mistakes that they're making. Um, I, I happen to see uh, the webpage for an anthology that I have a story in. Now, this is an anthology. It's called Unusual Suspects. It comes out in a trade paperback from Penguin. It's available now. It's $15, $14, excuse me. And it is a great book. It's got a lot of great authors in it, including Charlene Harris, uh, Carol Nelson Douglas. Uh, I'm in there. But the curious thing, if you go to penguin.com and you go to the page for Unusual Suspects, and it was edited by Dennis Stabenow, who's a great writer as well, and you go to the webpage for that story, they never listed all of the authors in that anthology. They just list two or three of them, and Charlene Harris is big, and that's great, but they should have listed all of them. It would not have taken any extra effort. It would not have detracted at all from the web page, and it would have made that web page searchable. Now, that's very, very important because if you're looking for the latest book or the latest story by someone like me or another author, and they're in that anthology, and you search on their name, you will never find it. 
and that is them cutting their noses off to spite their faces. The second thing about that web page, which is mind-boggling, right at the top, they show that the book itself is $14. And right below it, they list three different formats for e-text, and that is also $14. And publishers have railed for years that the reason books are so expensive is because of paper costs. Well, guys, you're not doing any paper with your ebook. So why is it so expensive? We know for a fact that Amazon.com will be paying 35% of that $14, so it's about $450 to the publisher. So if the publisher were to sell the e-text themselves for $6, they would be getting into their pocket, uh, well, let's say $550. Let's assume they got a really lousy credit card deal. They're getting $550, which is a dollar more than the $450. They ought to be encouraging people to be buying electronic tax. And they're not. And again, they're cutting off their noses to spite their faces. So this is why traditional publishing is, is not facing up to this problem. Uh, and this is why we have to move forward. So again, take a look at my store. Do your market research. Figure out what's out there. I'll tell you what my pricing is. My pricing is this. You know, two bucks for a, two bucks for a short story, three bucks for a novella, four or five dollars for a novel, depending upon how long it is. Slightly higher prices for omnibuses, where I combine a bunch of a bunch of other material. But again, it's cheaper than going out and buying the paperback. And this is important. I'll give you that discount because you've already got your reading device right there. Now let me get to what Jeff wanted to know. How do you make an ebook and he wanted to know if he had any special if I needed any special software um, I should let you know I am a Macintosh user and I use Microsoft Word and the important thing about that is is this I don't know if Word works the same way on PCs uh, I'm going blindly here but uh, to create an ebook it's relatively simple okay one some people publish their stories just as Word documents or as RTF documents. And pretty much any word processor you've got going out there can save as an RTF file, uh, the rich text format. So that will leave your italics in, that will leave some of your formatting in. So if you are working on a computer, if you can send email, you literally can do an ebook. And you just save the save things to that file and then you would make that file available off of your website or, or maybe just tell people hey uh, you know uh, uh, you know go to PayPal mail me two bucks and I will mail you the file uh, that's great if they do that that is absolutely wonderful um, in addition uh, the other format which is very very useful is the PDF format that's the Adobe portable document format and uh, Word for the Macintosh will automatically save a file to a PDF. Again, I don't know if any other word processor does that. I'm assuming they do. Um, you can also go out and buy Adobe Acrobat and be able to translate your files into a PDF. Um, that's kind of an expensive piece of software, but uh, that would be your other means. Nice thing about PDF is anybody can read it on pretty much anything. And the, uh, the Sony device will read it. I think the Kindle will read it. There's a way for you to be able to read it on the iPod Touch and on the iPhone. So PDF is a really, really useful form uh, format. And, and just for the iPod Touch users and iPhone users, if you have a PDF document, uh, just email it to yourself. And that way it'll show up in your email and the native reader 
on the iPod um, will or the iPhone will be able to read that document. It's kind of small, but uh, but you can, you know, with glasses and stuff like that, you can go ahead and read it pretty easily. Um, I don't recommend it, and this is why I work with the developer, Michael Zapp, uh, to put my stories on that device into a more readable format. And for those of you who've got the iPhone and the iPod Touch, if you go to the App Store, uh, you can buy my fiction on there. You can also buy 21 Days to a Novel and the book on serial fiction. They are both available uh, through the App Store, so you can have them with you and read them when you're on a plane or a train or on a commute or anything on that order. So basically, we're not using specialized software. Now, one of the interesting things uh, that, again, the big publishers have said, uh, Random House recently released a memo to all of the um, agents out there and said, hey, in the future, we're only going to pay your authors 25% of what we get for electronic books as opposed to 50%, which is what they offer now, um, because making ebooks is not that easy. And if you listen to Cover to Cover a couple of weeks ago, um, I will share then a secret that I will share now. Um, I've got a couple of books available on the Kindle. And Amazon, once you sign up for an account, Amazon has got a piece of software that will translate your text file, your RTF file, or your Word document into the format, an, uh, an HTML type format that they need for the Kindle. Now, I've worked with RTF docs and I've worked with Word docs to try and use the Amazon software uh, to create a, a Kindle book. And I never had satisfactory results. Uh, things came out all screwy and it was very difficult to try and correct. But I hit upon a secret. If you are using Microsoft Word, one of the save document options is save as a web page. And what it will do is it will take your document and it will save it as an HTML or an HTM file. Um, the HTM files, uh, I've had people look over there, the, the HTML coding in the Microsoft documents when they save it. And I've been told it's really ugly code and I know that they put a boatload of extra junk in there. Um, however, when you take that HTM file and you upload it to Amazon to be, so the book can be put on the Kindle, uh, it looks beautiful. Um, there aren't any of the errors that I had seen before in translation. So to put your thing on a Kindle, again, if you're using Microsoft Word, just save it as a web page and it will translate up there. Uh, it, to, in my experience, it will translate up there absolutely beautifully. That's all you have to do. That's all the special stuff that you need. There are other software packages out there. There is, um, there is uh, Stanza which will translate documents, but I don't like the way they translate them. Uh, I don't see documentation that allows me to figure out exactly how to format things. And if the product doesn't look the way I want it to look, I'm not interested. So, so stands I'm not so hot on. Um, there's also uh, FictionWise and um, eReader use a, the, basically the Palm Studio uh, software. I've dealt with that software in the past. It can make a book look pretty cool. Um, it's not got as much flexibility as I'd like uh, in terms of uh, being able to embed um, illustrations, but it, it, it is also viable, and that is, a, that is a format that people use. When I bought the software originally, uh, you had to pay a licensing fee if you actually wanted to publish things. I sent a letter to 
uh, e-reader to find out, ereader.com, to find out if that was still true and never got a clean answer on it. Uh, I think if you format things in that format and you sell it through them, I don't think they ask you to pay a licensing fee. Um, that format, while they do have a reader for the iPhone, uh, again, that format I don't think gives me as much flexibility as the the deal that I've got with Michael's app right now. So that is my preference to continue to work with him and and not do it in that way. And I just I, I personally think with the Kindle and, and those things there'll be less people reading on the on the Palm device. I know there are other formats out there. Uh, there's one format that's trying to be a universal format. Again, I have yet to see any editing tools uh, that allow me to work easily. Um, I've done XML files and, and played around and I really don't want to do that with a text file. So uh, just short form, uh, RTF works fine, PDF works fine, and you will be able to go and sell those. So no special software necessary to my mind. One of the questions, of course, is what about piracy? Because once you put a file out there, you know, unless you protect it, there's no way of stopping people from pirating things. Um, piracy tends to happen when things are overpriced. And I think at the offering, the prices that we're offering this stuff, I don't think we're overpriced. You know, I don't think uh, two bucks for a half an hour to an hour's worth of entertainment is excessive. I think most people are willing to pay that. As well, quite frankly, anytime you do a story, anytime you do a document and you put it out on the web, include a copyright statement. Um, creative Commons and stuff like that is fine, and if you want to read up on that and, and do it that way, that's great. Um, I don't. I just put a copyright statement on it and know that if there's a problem later on, I can sue the person. Now, let's face it, if someone's pirating my stuff, someone else will point it out to me. It's happened in the past. It will happen again in the future. So, you know, don't worry about piracy uh, because, because I think the other factor is this. Um, most pirates, I believe don't actually read the stuff that they collect they just collect it you know they want to have one of everything um it's sort of like somebody who you know collects stamps in that they put them in albums and put the albums up on their shelf and it's not because they want to pull the albums down and admire the stamps it's just that they like knowing that they've got the stamps so piracy is not a big issue in this area yet and i really don't expect it to be I think the, uh, uh, the, the next aspect that I want to talk about, and this is extremely important because it doesn't matter if you've done a really good book and it doesn't matter if you've got it in the right formats, you have to be able to get it out there to people. And if they can't buy your book, what's the purpose of the effort? So, and I don't mean to be sounding hopelessly mercenary. If you're writing just because you like to write and you want to share it with people, that's, that's great. But me, I'd like to make some money off of this. I do what I do, and I do it very well, and I do it so I can pay my bills. So this is, this is the next step that I'm looking at. Marketing your work. You absolutely have got to have a web page. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way around it. You've got to have a web page. This is where you can offer your work. You can talk about yourself. You can let people know when you're giving readings. You can let people know what's up with you. You build a community. You let people come to you, find out about you, find out about your work, become invested in your work and invested in seeing your stuff coming out. And they will follow you and they will be patrons of the arts. They will buy your work as it goes. I really love the, um, the webcomic model 
of serializing this in essence serializing a story to the web two three times a week and then later on collecting that story and sell it as you're serializing new material I think that is a brilliant way to go if you're gonna have a website and you're gonna have a web store then you are gonna need uh, software that will allow you to sell your products um, my website is hosted by catalley.com you can go to catalley.com that is cat with a K and check out the different plans that cat uh, has available there and she does she is able to install a store so you can go ahead and sell product if you don't want to install a store and that's understandable if you're just beginning um, PayPal has got some excellent HTML coding so you can just put together a web page and you can go ahead and offer your work for sale there and people will click on the little button that will contain the coding from uh, PayPal you will get a notice to say that they've paid and you will turn around and then email them uh, the document that they have purchased um, the advantage of having a store is that you don't have to turn around and email them the document later uh, from a store they will be able to automatically download it but again if you're just starting out you're just doing a few stories and you're just looking you know in essence you're you're asking people to contribute uh, you know help you out a little bit then answering the email and mailing stuff off that's not a big deal I certainly operated that uh, operated that way for several years uh, with my website uh, and never really had a problem with it so uh, that's an option this does mean of course that you'll have to have a PayPal account you can go to PayPal and set one up and you'll be all set there and PayPal does take a cut of every transaction um, you know that's the cost of doing business um, one of the other things that you really need to do is look at having a MySpace page look at having a Facebook page these these are you know the, the social networking site LinkedIn is another one uh, live journal is yet another one are very important tools um, you know I just got a Facebook account and uh, in the space of uh, three weeks I've now got over 200 friends I found out that Facebook in their notes area allows you to automatically import posts that you make to your website so now as I am serializing a new story to my website and I hand port the code over to my MySpace page where I also serialize the story over there now it also shows up on my Facebook page and if I go over to LiveJournal and start putting stuff up there it'll it'll start showing up there as well but these are sites which are really useful because they can get a lot of eyes on your work again it's a place where people become enlisted in what you're doing and you know you have fans maybe they'll maybe they'll even make a fan group uh, for you but uh, you have people who are interested who will read this stuff and you can embed code to invite them back to your web page invite them back to your store to be able to buy stuff to support your effort in entertaining them and this is what it really is is that we as writers are now you know being the bards around the medieval table and we will sing the songs while everybody eats and we hope that the lord of the manor will you know flip us a gold coin or at least you know give us a turkey leg or something on that order and this is going to be the new way that we do it I just had someone buy several stories a guy who lives in Japan he's bought a bunch of stuff from me in the past but he bought several stories from me uh, last night and his comment was you know I like having a story that I can read on the train during a commute and know that it will be done and it will be satisfying while I'm you know while I'm, while I'm commuting 
And this is very important because that is the model that we're going to be going to. People using reading as entertainment material, as something to do on commutes, and something to do in small snippets of time. And I think that that is very important. And again, we'll talk more about that. One of the other things that you can do is to use Second Life. Second Life and other virtual worlds are critical uh, because, one, you can sell material in there. They've got their own little micro-economies, so you can make some money selling your books. More importantly, you can publicize your work. One of the things that I will be doing tomorrow, December 14th, at 6 o'clock game time, which is 9 p.m. Eastern time, is at Third Life Books. I will be doing a reading of a story that is coming out in May of next year in an anthology. Um, this is a great way to introduce my work to people who have never heard it before. It's a great way to get in touch with fans. And, you know, this is not the only site. The Third Life Books is not the only site dealing with writers. And all these sites are interested in having writers come in, promote their work, having opportunities to network. It's a great opportunity. Uh, as I've said before, uh, you know, due to Second Life, I've talked to people who have read me in Polish. They never read me in English, but, you know, they're, they're there and they've read me in, in their own language. Totally freaky experience, but a lot of fun. And this is a tool that we will be able to use going forward to build communities, to get word out about our stuff. Ultimately, this is the key. This is the focus. You have to remember, it is all about building a community of people who are interested in your work, who enjoy your work, and are going to be willing to share your work with their friends by saying, look, this guy is a really good author. Come on over and read his stuff. Or, I really like her stories. You should really see what she's doing. And as we, as writers, generate more material, as we find people commenting on, oh, I really like this story, or, you know, one of the fun comments is, Hey, you know, this story isn't bad, but when are you going to get back to that character? Well, then, you know, I, I'm not dumb. I know that in the future I'm going to have to do some more with that character. But this is the opportunity that we have to directly interact with our audience and our audience to interact with us. You know, if you go out to a bar and there's someone singing there and you make a request of him to sing a particular song, uh, is he more likely to sing that song if you just ask? Or if you ask with a $5 bill, or you ask by buying him a drink? Well, I think we all know the answer. And this ultimately is it. If we are going to be entertaining people, they will turn around and pay. Some, okay, some may not. Some people will just be along for the ride. But people who want to see more, people who are responsible, people who are thoughtful, will turn around and they will pay for this sort of work. As I said, Going forward, the digital revolution is going to mean that you are in direct contact with your audience. And this is going to be very, very important. It is going to determine the future of what goes on. Um, as I go through next year, I will talk a little bit more about producing books so you can have physical books to take out and sell. I'll talk a little bit more about marketing and marketing opportunities. I'll talk more about how you can format work to be going forward. I will talk more about collaborating with other authors. I will talk more about networking because all of this stuff is going to be critical to making sure that we can all succeed.
Um, I certainly want to succeed and I figure if I can find a way to do it and other people can duplicate that success by following the program, then we get to reshape the future of publishing. And it's a lofty goal. It's got to be done. So I, I really want you guys along for the ride. So again, Thank you very much for listening so far. I am your host, Michael A. Stackpole. Uh, you can find my website at stormwolf.com. Please come on over, be a patron of the arts, uh, buy some fiction, or come on over and subscribe to The Secrets because that is going to be the way that you ensure your future as a writer. All right, I will see you probably beginning in the next year and have great holidays. And going forward, we will have success together. This podcast is copyright 2008, Michael A. Stackpole. Uh, please join me at stormwolf.com and check out catalley.com for the finest web service that you could want at a reasonable price and a great way to establish yourself for that digital sales future. Mm-hmm.